Christy Sellers here with another episode of Let's Get Fizzy Pole. Today we're talking about what it really takes. And I do have to give you a disclaimer that if you're not feeling like you want to kick up the bum right now, then you should probably tune out of this one, maybe come back to it another time, because this is not going to be sugar-coated. Okay, guys? It is something that I've been wanting to talk about for a little while, and I've I've been thinking about how I wanted to structure this. So before I jump into that, I just want to quickly recap the massive weekend that we've just had. And it feels like every weekend is a huge one at the moment, but um, especially so because we finished all of our Ignite heats, which is so exciting. Uh, There were over 300 competitors across the few weeks that we were running them. And I I think I attended just over half the heats and it was amazing. So if you competed, well done. And um, if not, maybe next year you can um, start thinking about something you might like to do. So by now we have probably put up the um, all of the finalists. I know that we started today. We've got Friday night's finalists up there and you'll be listening to this in the future. So you have probably seen all of the finalists. And if you haven't, hop on to the main Facebook page because they're all listed there in all of their groups. So you can have a look who is in the finals. And if you did make the finals, you need to give yourself a huge pat on the back because these divisions, we did not take many people. And you know, even with not automatic entry this year, we still had so many people. We've still got so many divisions. We're talking about how we can structure it for next year to have more people in in the divisions. But if you did get through, it is a enormous honor and make sure you are extremely proud of that. So well done. And we also had Tiff representing us in Miss Pole Dance Victoria on the weekend which she did an amazing job. She nailed it. I was so proud of her. Um, It was lovely to see how much she put into the preparation of it this year and that it, it really did come out so well on stage. And I know that she was happy with that performance. So well done, Tiff. All righty. So let's get into our topic today about what it really takes. And I think this is, it's a question that I get asked quite often. People will say to me like, oh, I don't know how you do everything or how did you do this with business? Or especially at the moment, seeing as I'm getting back into training, I'm getting a lot of comments about my body at the moment, which um, is is lovely. Like, keep it coming, guys. I really appreciate that. Um, (laughs) But I... I have definitely lost weight and I'm feeling really fit and, you know, my muscles are starting to show and I'm actually feeling really good, um, even better than I did before I got pregnant with Mason. So a couple of years ago and, um, someone said to me, oh, I saw your abs the other day and you just look so good and I'm so jealous or, or you bloody bitch or something like that. And I know that they meant it in like a really complimentary way, but I was just thinking to myself, are you kidding me? Like that is literally something that you could have because whoever was talking to me was sort of um, 
rounding to the fact that like, oh, I wish I, you know, could have a body that was like that or I want my abs to show or something like that. But <laughs> it um, it was interesting because I am not anyone special and I'm not – what I'm doing is not magic. It's not a secret. You just have to really want to do it. So, you know, if you want a better body, then – you need to do what it takes. It's There's no special formula. There's no special secret to life. The secret is just work your ass off and you will get what you want. Stay focused. And remember, a good acronym for the word focus is follow one course until success. And I know this sounds a little bit motivational, Um It is, I suppose, but those of you who know me know that this isn't um, put on or anything like that. This is genuinely how I live my life. I don't accept that I, you know, slack off. I mean, we all have those kind of days, but if I have a goal and I want to achieve that goal, then I'm going to stop at nothing to get to it. And I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were talking about I think this is really relevant. They were talking about a concept called framework happiness. And what they meant by that was there's momentary happiness and then there's framework happiness. So momentary happiness is like if you eat an ice cream and you feel really good and even scientifically they'll hook you up to a machine and you can see the dopamine, like you feel good when you eat ice cream and, um, you know, all of these other things that we do like, um, exercise as well, but you know, all the other things too, like drinking, drugs, sex, all of that, your brain literally is having a great time in there (laughs) in that moment, but it's momentary, which is why, which is why I suppose, you know, drugs are addictive. People go back to it because you're only getting that spike and then it's gone and then you want it again. And then I assume. So the idea with framework happiness is that you, let's just say you go into the studio and you train a trick and you know that you don't have that trick today and you know that you're not going to get it next week and probably not the week after that, maybe not even two months from now. But the only way that you are going to get it is by putting in these hours and each time, I always just say like each time that you do it, imagine it's just like a check, like you're ticking that one off. You have so many reps of that trick to do until you are perfect at it, that you can do it every single time, 100% of the time, you're strong in it, you feel good. You're just thinking of it as in like, yep, I've done it that time. I need to do it 50 more crap times before I'm actually going to be able to get it. This is the idea with framework happiness. And I'm relating it to what we do at FizzyPole because, you know, hopefully you can take this and use it as a useful tool. But the idea is that you're, you're doing things now that you don't enjoy for things later that you will enjoy. And this is why when they were talking about it, this they were saying this is why a lot of people these days can't um, find that lasting happiness. It's because in this day and age, we want the quick fix. We want things, we want them now and we want them yesterday and it's got to be done and um, we want to feel good and we want to get the result and we want to take the magic pill and all of that. That's the day and age that we live in. However, you 
you and it's the same with preparing for a comp you go through the agony and all of the things that you don't like why do you do that because you know that at the end of it what you're getting is so much greater than all of the pain that you just went through you're it's lasting like the result and it doesn't necessarily have to be a competition can be as simple as a one like a fireman spin on your weak side and you nail it like when you first do it you might have to have both hands on and you know you're you're kind of pushing yourself around the pole or you know same with an aerial like an invert an invert on silks is bloody hard so you do it and it's labored and it's awful but you keep doing it because you know that when you can achieve that it's not something that everybody can do it's a special thing and this goes for everything it goes for you know at the moment I suppose me with my body and my training and um, sometimes if you're looking at it in terms of career as well you put in the hard work the hard yards the awful you know you go when you don't want to go you do what you don't want to do for something that you the result that you want later on and that is what you come out the end of your proud you're um I suppose elated you're excited you um you will have the momentary happiness in the moment if it is a momentary thing like a performance but then you've got this sense of pride thereafter and it stays with you and for example for me right after I had Riley um so she's oh she's coming up eight years old um but after I had Riley I, I really wasn't that fit before I had her. I thought that I was. And back then in the pole industry, I suppose I was, but compared to what people are doing now, obviously the tricks and everything are just a whole nother level. So if you can imagine, you know, a less fit version of me back then, anyway, I got pregnant, I had Riley and I wanted to compete in Miss Pole. And it was about it was, well, it was nearly a year to the day of her birthday. So she was almost one year old that when I competed and did the toxic routine. And I knew, I think I made the decision, took me about four, four months or so to get back into everything. But I knew once I made that decision that I was going to have to work harder than I had ever worked because I not only wanted to catch up to everyone, but I wanted to win. That was my goal for that competition. I wanted to win it. And I I looked at everything that I would have to do. I was like, okay, well, obviously I have baby weight on my body. I'm not as strong as I want to be. I'm not as flexible as I want to be. There's tricks that I would want to include in the routine that I can't even fathom how to do right now. Like I would have to learn those tricks from scratch. I need to come up with a routine and train it. And I set myself that goal. I knew I wanted to do it about six months out from the comp and, um, and and I entered it and I worked, oh, I worked my butt off. I worked my butt off even before I knew that the entries were open because obviously that was going to be my goal. There was another competition that they ran at a fitness expo. Um, oh, I can't remember what it was, but it was basically just fitness um, pole reps. Like let's just say how many shoulder mounts can you do in a row before fatigue and how many 
front straddles reps can you do in a row and how long can you hold an INX for? So it was all these types of things and there are about 10 exercises. And if you were around way back then and you're in my class, you will probably remember training these with me because I made my classes do them with me. I was like, this is great. Everyone's going to be training really hard. Um, and I did, I got really strong from doing that. I remember the first time I tried to do a back crucifix sit up, I couldn't even get my hands back up to the pole. And I just thought, oh my God, this is going to be a long journey. But I was willing to do it. And I put in the hard yards and with that goal in mind of, I want my body to be a certain strength and it's not going to get there if I'm sitting on my ass. Like I have to do the things that I don't want to do. I have to jump around with extra weight on me. And I don't like the feeling of that, but I, there's no way I'm going to get to the fit version of me if I don't jump around with the extra weight. So yeah, I think, I think it's a really good way to think about some just everyday life scenarios that you're in. Maybe that is this a momentary happiness thing or can I, is this something that's more based around framework happiness? And I am going to get a longer lasting and um, I don't know what the word is, but a happiness that is more, it stays with you. And what I was rounding back to before is that across that six months that I trained for the FitX thing in March and then competed in August for Miss Pole, that whole journey, I just remember how hard it was. And when I got on stage and I performed that routine and I did pretty well with it, like, I mean, uh, there were a couple of things obviously you come off and you're like, oh, I could have done that better. But obviously the result was that I won and I was really happy with that. And it was just the epitome of that experience will always stay with me. And I'll always have that to draw from when I'm doing other things that are challenging me, such as Australia's Got Talent right now. I know that I've been through difficult um, challenges physically and mentally before, and I can do it. So if you don't put in that effort to get to that um, that uh, result at the end of a long journey of hard work, then you're never going to have anything to draw from. So think about something in your life that you might be doing at the moment that you don't necessarily love every moment of, but it is going to be worth the result that you get at the end. It makes it more bearable to go through all of those hard days and uh, to be completely honest, today was, God, it was, it was a hard day for me and I did not want to train. Um, where where am I at right now? Pretty much an update is that I haven't been aired on AGT just yet. I think I'll either be in this weekend's or the next weekend's block of um, auditions on the show and um, – and you will find out how I did. <laughs> um, but I am, yeah, I'm obviously training still for something that may or may not be related to that. And anyway, I had a huge weekend with, um, went up to Canberra, judged the heats there, flew back. I had a photo shoot in Melbourne on that Saturday morning and then went and judged Miss Poland's Victoria Saturday night in Dandenong, drove to Pakenham the next day for the new location opening over there and then drove home and my dad had my kids um, for one of the days and he's awesome. He's so good with them. 
but every the list of stuff that I left, he didn't exactly stick to it. So it made it a very long night with Ollie. Um, and I did really not get much sleep, which was difficult because I was tired anyway, obviously from such a big weekend. And I had a huge day planned today for training because Ryan and I are on the tightest deadline. Um, and we have to get this show done and, it is not going to get done if I don't go into the studio and do it. So, you know, as tired as I was and I felt like I was slurring my words, like, you know, when you're that tired that you just feel, I had to ask myself, have I had a coffee yet? And I'd literally finished a coffee five minutes ago. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was it was a difficult day, but I got in there and I got it done. I, I worked on choreography for the new one. I filmed green screen stuff, sent that to Ryan. I filmed... Um, like a basic layout of the new routine, all of the choreography. I did run-throughs of the paint show, which if you've been following my Instagram stories, you'll, you'll have seen a bit of that one. Um, so I, I still achieved everything that I needed to for the day. I didn't enjoy it, definitely didn't enjoy it, but that is irrelevant because, you know, I want to get to that end result, which is a complete show that I'm happy with and ready to perform. Whereas it would have been easy to say, oh my God, there's no way I can do anything today. I'll have a rest day and then I'll get back into it tomorrow. How many times have you said that to yourself where you know that you're really just making an excuse? Like, you know that you don't really need to, like you could go in. There is probably something that you could do. And I'm not saying don't have rest days. Like you know, you guys know that I'm the first to say you've got to make sure that you've had, you have your rest days in there. I'm just saying don't be the one making an excuse because the only person standing in your way of anything that you want in your life is you. That is the honest truth. There were a couple of things last year that I was a little unhappy with in my life. They weren't um, positive things and I just thought, why am I acting like I have no control over this? Like I just need to take control of this and make the change. And, and I did. And my God, it was the best thing that I did because once you realize that you do have control of every situation that you're unhappy with, it changes everything. You can literally design your life the way you want it to be. If you're unhappy with your job, look at how you can make changes to be happier with your job. That's another whole topic actually. And I did want to talk about that, but we're going to run out of time today, but I just finished the book. Um, so good. They can't ignore you. And it's really good. Very interesting, um, concept. And it talks about if you want to be happy in your work, you need to like, first of all, define the traits that, um, Oh, what's, uh, that's not how he says it. Define the traits that define good work or something like that, which for most people is control over their time and what they're doing and that sort of thing. Being able to work autonomously. So, you know, by yourself when you want what you want um, and creatively. So being able to have input and feel like you're making a difference. And then it sort of circles back to having a mission and not just, not just working for money. You need to have some kind of purpose that, that, you know, drives you. But before all of that, he talks about, you can't just follow something that you're passionate about. You need to, first of all, become very, very good at something, which means that you um, develop rare and valuable skills that you can then 
um, he calls it career capital. So you, you build up this career capital, which allows you to trade, you know, for more control over your time. So if you know someone, you can probably think of someone, it might be yourself, that's very, very good at what they do. And that allows them to have a little bit more say in what's going on in their work environment. I mean, I'm relating it back to work, but because that's what this book is sort of talking about. Um, he just gave a few examples of people who only followed their passion, but hadn't put in any, um, hard work to, to have any skills to offer up. So they weren't, um, they weren't successful in their pursuit of just jumping into, uh, I don't know what one guy did. He was doing meditation of, of some sort, but yeah, it's a really good book. Actually, if you get a chance, listen to it, listen to the audio book, um, read the actual book, whichever way you can, um, digest the information, but I enjoyed it. I think it was really good. Um, so yeah, I hope that this has been a good little kick up the bum for you because the main message here is that the only person standing in your way is you. And I would love to see all of you succeed in every area of your life. And I'm talking about success. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about success. What is success to you? And most people will say, well, I want to be happy. So you need to then ask the next questions, what's going to make you happy? And it might be something that you need to then think about in not just a momentary happiness, but that framework happiness. So, okay, what are the things that are going to make me happy and how am I going to make them happen? They're not necessarily going to be short term. They're going to be longer term and I'm going to have to put in this, that and the other to make those things happen. But when I receive, you know, the end result, that is is definitely going to make an impact on my overall, you know, my life and how I feel happy day to day. I hope this was helpful for you and I hope you have a fantastic week and I look forward to chatting with you next time. Bye. Let's get busy, bye.